0: This morning, I'll give you my topic before the text. What I'm going to talk about this morning is when grace is not so obvious. When grace is not so obvious. Uh, Jonah, we want to read chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse <clears throat> numbers. 3. 12 through 15, Numbers chapter 1, I'm sorry, Jonah chapter 1, I don't know where I get numbers from, maybe because it's also a book in the Bible, Jonah chapter 1 verses 12 through 15. He said to them, and he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. However, the men rowed desperately to return to land, but they could not. For the sea was becoming even stormier against them. Then they called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life. And do not put innocent blood on us. For thou, O Lord, hast done as thou hast pleased. So they picked up Jonah threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. You may be seated. When grace is not so obvious. On last week, we talked about grace uh, in the face of disgrace. And basically, we talked about grace being too amazing to hate on, And we took this subject uh, and we actually changed the topic for the month from faith to grace because of some current events that had been taking place. And uh, uh, we taught it from a very biblical, law-based standpoint because it's important for us to understand that the God of grace is just not a God of grace In the New Testament but the same God that has grace in the New Testament had grace in the Old Testament somewhere along the way in our theology we got the misconception some of us that the New Testament is about grace and the Old Testament is only about law but God has been a God of grace as long as he existed and since God is eternal and exists forever As long as God existed is how long grace has been around. Grace is as old as God is, and God is eternal. And so we go again to the Old Testament to see a case study of God's grace. But it's a different case study because there are some acts of God's grace that are apparent. A man uh, faces... Uh, sickness and God is gracious and heals him that is obvious you have someone in your family that's about to get in some kind of trouble and they get out of trouble that is obvious when we come together and we shout hallelujah and we say amen and we give God praise most of the time we do this under the auspices of apparent grace When we say God has been good to us, we immediately revert to something we've received or some way we were healed or something that happened, some success, something tangible, something we've experienced because in those instances, we can clearly see that God has been gracious. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes God's grace is not instant. I mean, we can see his grace when you're broke and somebody slides you $100. Ooh, God is good. But sometimes God's grace is not only not instant, but sometimes it's not even obvious, which simply means that God can be right in the middle of granting you grace and it feels like the very opposite of God's grace. As a matter of fact, when we... Look at this text. Jonah, who had been given the commission by God to go to Nineveh. The problem with Nineveh was Nineveh was a wicked city. He didn't want anything to do with it. God was going to give the grace to Nineveh to have an opportunity to repent. Well, the prophet of God, Jonah, had a problem with that. And the problem with it could have been either he was afraid, which I highly doubt, But more than likely, it was the problem of Nineveh not deserving grace, not deserving an opportunity to change. Because in human nature, we are professionals at determining what other people deserve. (laughs) Y'all not going to get with me, but I'm going to get with you. Some of us are masters at determining what this person deserves and what should happen to that person and what should happen to that person. And Jonah fell right in line with that. Jonah did not deem Nineveh worthy of having another chance. So what happens is, and this is is what often happens with grace, is Jonah becomes the very thing that he despises. How does he become? He has a problem with Nineveh because they're disobedient. He has a problem with Nineveh because they're wicked people. He has a problem with Nineveh because they don't do or respect what God says. God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh and out of frustration and out of reluctance, he goes in the opposite direction, which now puts him on the same equal standing with the very people he can't stand. It is often part of human nature. in in our disgust of certain things to eventually become what we're disgusted by. You can be so angry at somebody and so upset at them because they won't forgive somebody else that you become unforgiving with their behavior. And here Jonah was in the same rebellion but with the law of God that he now... Was, had a problem with Nineveh being that kind of people. So he leaves, he goes down to Tarshish, Joppa, uh, Tarshish to go to Joppa and the Bible says God prepared a great storm. And let me bring you up to the text because I don't want to be long this morning. He prepares this storm and uh, the guys on the boat, he goes down to the side of the boat, he's sleeping. And now the guys on the boat that are on the boat are trying to throw things off the boat because they don't understand this storm is different. They were used to being on the water. They were used to seeing storm but this was no ordinary storm this was a prepared storm this was a crafted storm this was a storm that was custom made tailor fitted just for Jonah and the Bible says that they got to calling on their God and found out that there was somebody in the sides of the ship that was sleeping that had not yet called on his God they woke Jonah up and said who's your God? Jonah had the audacity to say my God is the God of heaven it is the God that is in control of the sea and the wind and the waves so they say wait a minute if this is your God this is the problem you're down sleeping call on the Lord your God Jonah says I tell you what you throw me off of this boat everything will be fixed Jonah was in a deep dark place that's verse number 12 they try everything they can not to throw them off the boat they row and they toil and they throw things off the boat but to no avail so they say this prayer Lord we don't want to die over this man but we don't want this man's innocent blood on us. And we know that this is your storm. So they threw him off. Now, you say, Brother Hamilton, I don't, I don't see the grace. Write this down. This is going to bless some at least 15 of y'all's life. With every trial, with every offense... There are two intentions at work. Two intentions at work. Now Jonah could have blamed the men who threw him off. Even though he suggested that they threw him off. I mean if Jonah wanted to be off the boat, he could have jumped off the boat. But they actually took him and they threw him off. And if we stop right there it looks like they're responsible for him being in the water. Just stay with me. Yeah, it was their intention to get him off the boat. It was their intention to save themselves. And sometimes the reason why we can't ever, ever see God's grace is because we're looking at the wrong intention. And what do you mean, preacher? We're looking at the wrong person. We're looking at the one who threw us off the boat, but not paying attention to the one that created the storm. And you say, I don't see grace. Sometimes, and here's another point, you don't see grace till you're looking in hindsight. Because grace is not always obvious. It is not always obvious that God is looking out for you. It is not always obvious that God is setting you up to bless you. It is not always obvious that what's going on right now in my life is not an act of wrath. It's an act of grace. So we start blaming those who threw us off the boat. And it wasn't until Jonah found himself in the belly of the fish that he realized that him being off the boat was not just about the men, but there was another person who had a different intention. Everybody go to chapter 2. And I'm going to give you case studies of this because we, I, want to, I want us to learn it from the Bible. Then we're going to take it to your life and make it applicable so that we understand grace. The real problem is some of us can't give grace because we really don't understand it. And we think we're in a place that's not a place of grace. But some of the worst times of your life has been expressions of God's grace. In verse 15 what we read. The mariners threw him off the boat. In verse number 3 of chapter 2, what does the Bible say? For you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. Jonah is praying to God while in the fish. He doesn't bring up the men who threw him in the boat. Why? Because Jonah is not drowning. And the reason why he's not drowning is because just as God prepared the storm, he prepared the fish. But the only way to get in the fish is he had to be thrown off the boat. In hindsight, he realizes that it wasn't the men who threw him off the boat. He says in verse number three, he said, for thou has cast me into the deep into the heart of the seas and the current engulfed me all thy breakers and billows passed over me. When you look back in hindsight while you're blaming your boss because he didn't like you which is why he fired you while you're blaming your haters because they lied on you while you're blaming this person and that person who did you wrong and you're walking around bitter and you're walking around frustrated and you're walking around broken and you're walking around depressed you're looking at the wrong intention Because while people have a reason for what they do, God has a reason for what he allows. And his reason has everything to do with grace. I said this is going to be case study so that we can understand it. Y'all remember Joseph? Intentionality. Intentionality. Here we have Joseph who had a coat of many colors. You remember that? His dad gave it to him. He gave prophecies to his brothers. His brothers didn't like him. They were jealous of him. They hated on him. So one day they decided when Joseph was coming, they were going to kill him. One of the brothers stood up and said, we don't need to kill him. So they decided since there were some Midianites coming through, that they would sell him to some heathen people. And so they sold Joseph after taking his coat of many colors. And if that's not enough, they took that coat of many colors and they smeared it with animal blood so that they can take the message back to their daddy that an animal must have killed Joseph. Here is his coat with the blood on it. That's what they did. Well, years later, they run into Joseph again. Everybody go to Genesis 45. The lesson's almost yours. But I want you to get this one thing about grace. God's grace wants in on everything that you felt has happened wrong to you. Because grace, watch this, people's intentions may be obvious. But God's grace isn't always so obvious. Here in Genesis chapter 45, verse number 5. Now, let me just tell you what joseph been through. When they took his coat of many colors and him, threw him in a pit and, and sold him to the Midianites, after throwing him in a pit, he ended up in prison. And from prison in a palace. Well, in Genesis 45, his brothers have to come to him again. Look what happens. Genesis 45, verse number 5, what does the Bible say? Everybody follow along. And now do not be grieved or angry with yourselves. So he he says, hey, I'm Joseph. Here he is, a grown man. Not just a grown man, but a prince of Egypt. They're coming to him because there's a famine where they live. And they realize, And now Joseph says, wait a minute, it's me. And all of the guilt and the shame comes down on him. And he says, don't grieve yourself. Read. Then do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. You sold me here. Everybody watch that. Your intention had nothing to do with grace but everything to do with garbage. And when people bring garbage into your life and you can't do anything about it, don't spend your time becoming bitter, becoming frustrated, being unforgiving. Understand that when one person means garbage, God may mean grace. He said, you sent me here. But look at what what he says. Read. For God sent me before you to preserve life. You sold me here, but God sent me here. The same event happened. Yeah, I'm missing this. The same event happened. One group had one intention, and God had another. Some of us need to release our expectation of one of these intentions. That's why some of us have a problem forgiving. Because I know you meant to do it. When you lied on me, you meant to do it. Oh, don't act like it's a mistake. It was clearly a lie. When you stabbed me behind my back, you meant to do it. When you crossed me, you meant to do it. When you got me fired, you meant to do it. And I got a problem with you. I got a problem with sister so and so. She meant to do that. She overlooked my kid. She meant to do it. You're right. Sometimes people mean to do it. Sometimes it is their intention to do it. But they're not the only person with an intention. Oh, y'all need to go to y'all need to y'all need to come with me to come with me to Genesis chapter 50. Let me show you exactly what I'm talking about. Just turn, just turn, just turn, 50, Genesis chapter 50, 45 is when they meet Joseph. Now, now the only buffer between the brothers of Joseph and Joseph was their daddy. Well, in chapter 50, daddy dies, and they assume that since daddy's dead, Joseph is going to get us now. (laughs) So they concoct some story that daddy said before he died that you have to forgive us. Because they thought the only reason why Joseph didn't slip their throat was because their daddy was there and he didn't want to disappoint daddy, but they were so wrong. The reason why Joseph was able to give them grace because he looked back and he saw grace. And as I said last week, if you don't know how to look back and see where God has been gracious to you, then you can't do anything but be hard on others because you don't see that everything that happened in your life, even though they had an intent, God had an intent. And watch what Joseph says in Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 20. Read. And as for you. Here his brothers come and give him some, some, some fib of a story. And he says, as for you. You meant evil against me. You meant it. You meant what you did. See, he doesn't exonerate them. Because grace doesn't dispel law. It doesn't dismiss wrong. Okay, let let me help you. Grace doesn't mean if you do me wrong, I got to act like you didn't. Some of us are unrealistic, but we're only unrealistic when it comes to us. If you, if you do something that hurt me, grace doesn't mean that I have to act like you didn't do it. And if I know you meant to do it, grace doesn't mean I got to act like I, I, you didn't mean to do it. He says, you guys meant it. Some of us put a period right there. But I see why you can put a period right there because (laughs) you hadn't looked back. Mm -hmm. Now you said, Brother Preacher, I thought the name of this lesson was when grace is not so obvious. Grace didn't become obvious to Joseph until chapter 45. When they threw him in the pit, it didn't look like grace. (laughs) Grace. Grace didn't become obvious to Jonah in chapter one when they threw him off. But in chapter two, he realized that God was using a fish to keep him alive. And I think some of us need to look at some of the things we're still mad about and some of the things we're still bitter about that people have done to us and look back. So, what they got you fired? Don't you have a job making more? You wouldn't have the job making more unless you got fired from that job. And yes, they meant to do it, but stop looking at what they meant to do and look at what God meant to do. He says you meant evil. But look at the text. But God meant it for good. But God meant it too. That means when somebody does you wrong, When something happens, when you're a victim, yeah, they might have been it. Yeah, I I meant to talk about you. And, of course, people backtrack and they do the the crawfish (laughs) when you find out what they've been saying. They do the crawfish. And some people don't do the crawfish because we got some people bold and bad enough to say, I meant to turn you in. I meant to get you fired. I wanted your position. I meant to do that. I meant to take your man. Oh, you see, 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 y'all don't wake up till I start talking real talk up in here. I'm being too academic right now. I meant to flirt with your girl. And we go down a spiral of bitterness and anger and rage because we're still looking at the garbage presenter and what they intended. But remember, while they were aggressive doing it, God was passive doing it. What do you mean, preacher? They aggressively grabbed Joseph. They aggressively grabbed Jonah. And they threw Jonah in the water and Joseph in the pit. But God passively did it. What does it mean to passively do it? To passively do it means he didn't stop it. (laughs) Because God is a God that can do anything he wants. And I want to talk a little deeper. Because some of you had things happen to you when you were a kid. And some of you are angry at whoever did it, but now you're getting angry at God and you're not looking back and seeing all the people you've helped and seeing why you have the values you have with your children and how you're turning out today. Yes, somebody might have meant it for the wrong things, but God has a way of taking things that doesn't seem so good and pulling grace out of it because he puts grace in it and he may not intervene, but he will show you grace grace. Joseph said you meant it. You meant to do that. Stop saying it was an accident. You meant to say it. Don't don't, don't try to say you didn't mean it. You meant it. But I'm not focused on what you meant to do. I'm focused on what God meant to do. Now, now wait, wait, don't 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 leave that. Because God can't even trust you. God can't trust us <laughs> to give grace. If he can't trust us to if he can't trust us to 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 take something that isn't fair. And look at what he's doing as opposed to what other people did. God trusted Joseph to give grace to his brothers because he knew that Joseph wouldn't focus on his brothers but would focus on God. So look at what Joseph says You meant it, you meant to do it. Uh, 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 uh. You meant it. Here they are afraid. He going to get us now. You meant it. But he says, but God. But God meant it for for good. What's the good? Watch this. In order. In order to do what? To bring about this present result. We read. To preserve many people alive. God allowed me the grace of the not-so-obvious grace of going through garbage so that I can give the obvious grace of delivering people from starvation. The way to be a giver of grace is to go through the ugly side of grace that doesn't look like grace at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll say, well, I get it, I get it. Let me show it to you with Jesus. Go to Acts chapter 2. It's really going to stand out here. Go to Acts chapter 2. Read verse number 22. Let's give people a chance to find it. Kind of one of the things, benefits of not having the screen is it makes people engage their Bibles. I've been to a few places doing gospel meetings and revivals and, and conferences and stuff like that. And I'll be preaching and I'll say, everybody turn and nobody's turning. And somebody will point up there and said, well, you can't take that with you. <laughs> you can't mark on that. Can't take notes on that, right? So watch this in Acts chapter 2, verse men, 22. Men of Israel. Peter's preaching. And he says, men of Israel, this is the day of Pentecost. Jesus died. He went up to glory. Pay attention to this. He says, men of Israel... Watch it now. Listen to these words. Hear these words. Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus of Nazareth. A man attested to you Uh by God with miracles. Miracles, signs, and and wonders. wonders, Read. Which God performed through him in your midst. Read. Just as you yourselves know. Read. This man delivered over by the predetermined plan. Wait, 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 wait. Watch this. This man, Jesus, was delivered by who? predetermined plan. The predetermined plan. And foreknowledge of God. And foreknowledge of who? You, of God. Wait a minute. Watch the two intentions. Yeah. This man Jesus, first of all, was delivered by the predetermined counsel of God. Then he says, this is your part. Right. You took with what? You nailed to a cross. You took and nailed to the cross. By the hands of godless men. By the hands of godless men. Watch this. Pay attention to the text. First Peter says, God did it. Right. Then Peter says, you did it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right. I need you to read that again real slow like, this man, this man yeah. delivered over by the predetermined plan. There's God. God delivered him. God's predetermined plan. Read, and foreknowledge of God. That's how Jesus got on the cross. God meant it. Don't miss this. Peter saying to the people who hung him that God delivered Jesus. It was in the foreknowledge of God before you existed. Before you said, let him be crucified. Before you said, nail him on the cross. Before you said, give us Barabbas. It was already in God's mind that he would be delivered. Then he says what? You nailed to a cross. You did the nailing. What is the point? Mm. The point is, your boss may have fired you. Your coworker may have threw shade on your job position. Your sister, your brother, your cousin, your family member might have offended you and did you wrong. But if you belong to God, everything that you are going through, that you suffer by the hands of men, God knew about it before you met the person who would offend you. And while they did it, he allowed it because the grace is in the mess. But we can't get our teeth out of the people who meant it so we don't see the grace that's in it. Uh, Jeffrey Owens, he he played uh, Elvin Thibodeau on the Cosby show. He was uh, Huxtable's son-in-law. He went, he went, uh, he went Undercover for years, nobody heard of him out of mockery (laughs) Let me see your phone put it on lock (laughs) I Don't want you to lose your place. You had the Bible open out of mockery Here Jeffrey Owens is a successful actor now, who once made enough money to do nothing but acting? Right. Now he's bagging groceries at Trader Joe's. Yeah. Oh. Somebody recognized him, right. and their intention. Right. Oh. Y'all yeah, missing this. Their intention was to shame him. (laughs) Watch the grace. They meant to make him feel worse or to make him feel ashamed because he was once an actor on the silver screen. Now he's bagging groceries at Trader Joe's. But you know what? He was all right either way but they meant to shame him so they took pictures of him and they posted it and the news got a hold of it and somebody who did not know the bigger scheme of things would have said that's terrible but it was grace because while they meant to shame him he goes from shame back to fame because what they meant to hurt him God meant to bring them back up and I'm here to tell you in your life no matter what people mean to do no matter what their intentions are just know that there are two people who have intentions about you it is not just your haters not just your agitators but God has a plan and his plan is not the garbage they're doing it is grace and it's not always obvious you wanted to see me in jail. I'm going to tell you how God, yes, sir. why God does this. Because his grace sometimes is in uncomfortable places. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Places yes, sir. that we wouldn't willingly go. If you'd ask Jeffrey Owens, do you want to be shamed? No. But if you would ask us, you know, do you want to lose your job? Well, we say, no, I got a good job. Let's break it down even more. Yeah, a baby, you want me to take the pacifier? The baby can speak. Nah! (laughs) But sometimes, bless the name of Jesus, your enemy will take the pacifier, but God will give you the bottle. (laughs) Because grace is not always obvious I know what it feels like to be done wrong I know what it feels like to be criticized I know what it feels like to be talked about scandalized, labeled marginalized sometimes when people don't understand as a preacher your conviction I had an experience and I had to do the hindsight thing. I had somebody that heard something I preached and didn't agree with it, so they decided to label me a heretic. And those of you that don't know what a heretic is, just for future reference, it's somebody who's a false teacher. Right. Yeah. 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 Here I was getting angry. My New York came out. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yo, yo, for real, you don't want to... <sighs> Ooh, oh, my God. You don't want that New York to come out town <laughs> Because sometimes we don't see grace in process. Right. Yeah. It's not always instant. Sometimes it doesn't look like it. So I'm getting all of a sudden people talking, people saying things. People posting about me—I don't even know. Right. Yeah. While other people said, "Let me, let me look," yeah. and I didn't realize that I couldn't afford a publicist. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't deserve one because I can't afford one. So God says, I'm going to give you a publicist. What you do is keep doing what I tell you to do. He means it to tear you down. But since you're holding me up, (laughs) because who can tear down someone who's holding God up? God says without paying a red cent I'm going to give you a publicist who's going to get people and point people and guess what you can't afford for Mountain View to have a publicist I mean publicists are a lot of money that's a lot of work thousands of dollars so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take his intention and grace is going to get with ill intention and we're going to work out an arrangement Now, on the front side, it's not going to look like grace is involved. And God says the same thing to you. On the front side of this trial, it looks like I'm not there. Lord, where are you? Where are you? I'm praying to you. Other people are praying for me. Where are you? God is saying, I know it doesn't look like grace is there, but I'm in on it. Grace is in on it. And it doesn't look obvious, but you just keep staying the course. You just keep holding on. You just keep having faith. And you're going to see your garbage turn into grace. I know some of you are thinking, what about me? Come on, I did some things wrong. You remember Jonah? Yeah. You know why Jonah was in a storm? He disobeyed God. Right, I'm talking to you who mess up as well. Yeah. Did I say you? Yeah. Us. You, yeah. That's right. you part of the us committee? Yeah. See when you're a child of God, even God's punitive hand yeah. is different. Yes, sir. Hello? Yeah. When you're a child of God, his discipline is restorative. Right. Yes, sir. It is not just punitive. Right. So the reason why you have those scars that should have taken you out? Yeah. On your body, but now you have scars that make one testimony, but your lips give a test a different testimony. Uh, maybe I'm not, I don't know who I'm talking to. Y'all don't understand. Your scars say you should be dead. (laughs) Anybody ever have scars that said you shouldn't be here? But God left your mouth to be able to say, God kept me here. God stayed me God protected me God preserved me I know what I deserve and I know what my scars say forget about my scars listen to my testimony but it wasn't obvious it wasn't obvious some of you found out you had something else going on in your body when you went to the doctor for something totally different grace so what do you do now what do you do now now you take that grace and you give it to somebody else somebody in here is holding a deep grudge and the devil has tricked you into believing you're not and the way he's done it is he's kept the person out of sight. Mm. Wow. You know how you think you over something? I, I don't, where are the real people at? Where are the real people at? Raise your hand because I need to go in those sections, right? I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I, I don't know how to preach to perfect people. But you think you over something? And you start operating like you over it. But the reality is you just hadn't seen the person. And you praising God and having favor with all the people. And all of a sudden, no matter how many people in the room, your eyes. And all of these feelings. Come in like a flood. You thought you were past it. Yes, Seeing that person was an act of God's grace. Yeah. You know what the grace was? God saying, let me show you where you are yeah. so that I can give you time to fix it. Yeah. And God says, I gave you that grace. And I'll give it to somebody else. Amen. There's somebody here who don't understand that the greatest act of grace was on Mount Calvary right. when God sent Jesus to die on the cross. What Jesus was doing was delivering a gift. Yeah. The stories tell of a mailman who was having a bad day and uh, there, were, there, was a, there was a resident waiting for a gift. Right. And uh, this house was the last house he had to deliver to. Well, as he was walking down the block, this is when they walked, (laughs) a dog came out from two doors down, pit bull, chased him, got a hold of his leg, and he snatched, he snatched and pulled and pulled and pulled, and he snatched away after a chunk of his leg came out in the pit bull's mouth. Pit bull came after him. Still, so he sees the pit bull and he staggers and jumps into a bush. He didn't realize that it was a thorn bush. So now, not only is his leg messed up, but he's jumped in a thorn bush, and he's in pain and he's in agony, and he only has one piece of mail to deliver. Now, 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 that would have been it for most. But it was important to him to get this card to this house which had a gift. (laughs) So the mailman climbed out of the thorn bush and now his his leg is bleeding, he's pricked all inside and he staggers and if that's not enough, there was a hole in the ground and as he's walking up to the person's house, he steps in the hole and and his leg gets scraped up and he climbs up and he rings the doorbell and he's standing there bloodied and battered and he delivers the gift. The person says, oh, thank you. I was waiting for this. And the person said, what's wrong with you? He said, this is what your gift costs. Oh, mercy. Mercy. A long time ago. God delivered a gift through Jesus Christ and the gift is called grace and it cost him being nailed in his hands and nailed in his feet and a crown of thorns on his head being stretched up wide and hung up high why are you doing it Jesus because this is what it costs for you to get something that you don't owe anything for And now he's saying, it's free. I paid for it. What you gonna do with it? If you're not saved today, come believing that Jesus is the son of God. Believe that he died on that cross for your sins. Repent of your sins. Confess him to be the son of God. Be buried with him in baptism. This is not, this is not some kind of big, hard task. It is simple. Jesus says, I died for you and all I want you to do is live for me maybe you're here and you need prayer you've got unforgiveness in your spirit and it's deep down in your spirit and what I find out is it will change who you are it will change your whole personality you'll start treating people who had nothing to do with it weird everybody stand to your feet it's praying time it's praying time God has put both, both, both intentions on the table. And he said, stop looking at what they meant to do. Stop looking at what they meant. Stop looking at what they said. It's so much bigger than you. And let me tell you, those of you who can't stop talking about your haters, it's bigger than your haters. God says, sit down by my right hand until I make your foes your footstool. Which means if you, you want to go higher, you got to have more haters. If God said every hater is going to be a stair for you to climb up on. If you want to go to the fifth floor, if you want to go to the seventh dimension, you know how many haters you need for that? Stop looking at what they mean and look at what God meant. And he means good for his glory for your good. So if you need to come, come right now. We're going to sing the song of encouragement. Somebody needs to come to Jesus.